All right. Well, the stage isn't really mine. It's really these amazing experts in a second. I just want to welcome everyone. If you can hear us in the expo, we're about to get started. Uh, I'm Kelly O'Meara from Feisty Media, and we're partnering up with Iron Man here to do some amazing educational events for all the women today. And first up, we have Harnessing Your Female Physiology for Performance. And so what that means is that if you've ever been curious about female-specific training, about issues around hormones and cycle and, like, the things that guys don't always understand... We're going to talk about that on the stage and then stick around because after that we'll be talking all about menopause. And so I'm going to hand it over to Celine Yeager, who is the menopause expert, and she will be taking over and introducing her experts here on stage. Thank you, Kelly. I, um, thank you for being here. I am so stoked to be here on an Ironman stage talking about female physiology and the issues real female issues that many women have like kept silent and maybe been ashamed about or don't even know about for maybe forever and it's really great to have these topics broadcast on a microphone it's very exciting and you know one of the other things that we're all about here in feisty is that for far too long anything that has been involved with female physiology or psychology has also had this negative connotation to it like oh maybe you're fragile maybe you're weak it's the time of the moms you know like let's no 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 we're not about that so we're going to talk all about the real stuff right here right now i really appreciate you being here and i'm so appreciative of my panel that has agreed to be here because they are the three rock stars on this stage and I want to take a moment to introduce them and then I'll ask them each a couple of questions and we're gonna have a great discussion all right um, we have Megan in the middle we have Megan Tobin Megan is a multiple Ironman 140.6 and 70.3 finisher 70.3 world championship qualifier and marathon swimmer she coaches TMT coaching and nonprofit one with the ocean Megan also coaches for both Golden Gate Triathlon Club Club and San Francisco Triathlon Club club she is also a women's specific program specialist thank you megan for being here we have yes thank you Erin Carson, the tall lady on the far end over there, she is the owner of EC Fit Performance Strength, and she is a rock star in the uh, strength and mobility world. I will just say that Erin has been a strength coach for many well-known stars here, including Miranda Caffrey, Kara Getcher, Abby Stevens, Flora Duffy, and four out of the top five women at Ironman 70.3 World Championships in Finland were EC Fit athletes. Rock on. Thank you, Erin, for being here. And we have Linda right next to me. Linda Rowan is, uh, she started as an event director for triathlons. And inspired by the finish line excitement and all the people that were out there, she decided to give it a go herself. And she ended up on a podium, you know, in one of her first attempts and went on to go as a dual citizen for Australian and American uh, triathlon. She has competed in all distances, sprint, Olympics, 70.3, and Ironman, and has represented USA and Australia at ITU World Age Group Championships and has been a coach for 30 years. So thank you very much for being here. All right, Megan, we're going to start with you. Um, let's talk about some of those women-specific needs that we talked about. I was here. I raced Ironman Kona in 2008, and I got my period the morning of the race. <laughs> and I was like, and people weren't talking about that stuff back then. You know, like I knew I was getting bloated beforehand. I was like, oh, no, 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 please, no. And, of course, it happened. And my race was fine. I had some uncomfortable issues with 
tampons and stuff that we had to deal with. And which, yes, we're saying those words on this stage too. But, um, you know, we have since learned, like, it is okay. You can harness this physiology. You can work with this physiology. It is not a negative. There might just be how some things you need to do. So, Megan, I would love you to talk a little bit about, like, what your athletes come to you concerned with and, like, how you work through the biggies, like the PMS, like the time before, you know, when those hormones might be causing some issues. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think okay, that. Really close to you, okay. Um, I think the biggest thing is that. So I coach athletes of all genders, and I coach uh, athletes, female athletes that are in many stages of their uh, of their cycle and then and their life. And I think the biggest thing that you can do is. So first of all, you got your period race morning. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> because that is. It might be the messy day, it might be the uncomfortable day, but you you taper straighted, as my friend Vanessa uh, uh, coined on Instagram the other day, because a lot of women coming to this race started their period last week, and the, so they were all on Instagram talking about it, and they coined the term taper straighting, which it, which makes sense, right? You're I'm you're taper straight, I get it. yeah. <laughs> so you're like you're you're every your body kind of like especially during the last part of the build is like holding all your shit together like this, you know. And then as soon as you start to taper, you're you start to relax. So that means you you kind of sometimes get sick or you start to think you're getting sick and things. So it makes sense that as soon as you, the minute you think, okay, I can relax a little bit, whoosh, it happens. But, but the race day is the golden day. It is the, it can be the messiest day. It can be the ugliest day of the day before. It can be the day you don't want to get out of bed. But I have athletes where if they know their period is coming, it's like you're doing an FTP test this week and whatever day you start your period, do the FTP test that day. Can you tell them why? Because your power is the, is, so, and I, by the way, I wanna, I wanna say that at, one of the things is we are, we have a lot in common, like a lot of both male and female athletes and, and a lot of female athletes have a lot in common. But one thing is that we are all incredibly different. And so like my biggest takeaway is communicate with your coach, find a coach that you can talk to, find a coach that you can say tampons and uh, I'm, I'm working on, you know, I'm, I'm using a disc or I'm using whatever, you know, to, to get through. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really bloated today. I, I, you know, I get, I get migraines during my period. Find a coach that you can talk about that stuff with because that is the most important thing and that's how we can harness your performance. So I'll say that that it's not the same for everybody. I have I have athletes who don't have their golden day on the first day of their period and uh, and need you know we need to move things around. Flexibility is I think the other big key. I think communication and flexibility and just an open and honest relationship. And you know others who who get really really bad pain in the middle of their cycle and we have to we have to work around that and and make some swaps. But in general for many women Day one of your period, it's you don't like it, doesn't feel great, but you can have really great power. So, you know, I've been in perimenopause for a long time. I know that's the next panel, but can I just say that I only get my period every six months or so, and it's always around a friggin' world championship race. <laughs> so I'm waiting any day now. It's probably going to happen, um, and and I have and and I think it's going to sink my race. And I just remind myself the same thing that I tell my athletes, and that is, it's just another thing to manage. You know, it's just with everything else, it's it's about 
testing, it's about communication, it's about preparation, you know, and I, you know, train for your period. Don't skip every first day, you know, get used to like, how, how well can you ride your bike on your period with a tampon in? Does it, is it uncomfortable? Do you need extra, you know, do you need extra chamois cream? Do you need a different chamois cream? Do you need different shorts? You know, what do you need, you know? Um, and that makes a huge difference. And it, it's the same with nutrition and gut issues and heat management. Like, don't wait till race week to start simulating those things. Yeah, 100%. I mean, one of the things we talk about is that, you know, I when I started tracking, and tracking your period is really, really useful because, you know, I when your hormones shift for many women, you know, you have that bloating, you have that PMS time. I noticed that, like, I had a really hard time with thermal regulation in that high hormone phase before my periods. And then I just learned that I needed to really address my hydration. I needed to get on top of my hydration maybe the night before and the morning after, even or the morning of an event even more so, and that helped me tremendously. So it's like little steps, but if you don't track and if you don't keep, you know, knowledge is power is really it. And so thank you for that. All right, um, Aaron, I have a question for you. Are there special musculoskeletal mobility issues that you see more with women? You hear a lot about it. You hear women are quad dominant. You hear they have tight hips. You hear they have dead glutes. You know, all the things. So talk to us a little bit of the, about the insular structural strength. Now it is. <laughs> First and foremost, I want to say thank you to Feisty and congratulations for being such an amazing leader for so many women. Um, and I also want to say thank you to Ironman for, for doing a women's only race here on the island. It's insane. So we're super excited and we are in the most beautiful location. So I got to say, I train a lot of men and I train a lot of women and it's the same story. If you're a triathlete, you probably have tight hips. So I'm a little bit of a triathlete. I'm taking the year off from competition, but I know what this feels like. And the first thing that I do daily when I go into the gym to work with athletes, both men and women, is to open up the front side of the hip. There should be a softness to the front side of the hip. There should also be a softness to the front side of the ankle. So if the ankle is moving well, the hips will move better. If the hips are tight, the glutes, they will function. And if there's any physical therapists in the audience or anybody's been told by a physical therapist that their glutes do not work, I will tell you that that's a big problem because I promise they work, but they can definitely work better. And so if we can get this softness in the anterior capsule of the hip, if we can open the hips, then we can maintain a much more neutral pelvic position. You can activate your pelvic floor. You can shorten. You've probably also been told your hamstrings are tight. Well, I'll tell you they are tight because they live in a lengthened position. So they're fighting all day and then we want to just touch the ground and try and stretch them more and they're already a bit pissed off because they've been stretching all freaking day. So the, the hips are tight, the hamstrings are tight and we need to alleviate that with some hip openers and they're not that exciting. You have to get comfortable with repetition. 
you have to understand that the exciting moments really do come on uh, training and racing. And that's why I love training endurance athletes, because I really don't care, although I want people to lift heavy stuff. I really don't care how much they lift. I really want them to function well, do well on the bike, feel amazing when they run. And then the third part of that, that really plays a huge role in how your hips function is up in your thoracic spine and that your thoracic spine needs to be mobile. So the three key areas of mobility, and then I'll no, no, we'll move no, on no, to the no, next no, one, no. is really softness in the ankles, great ankle movement, great softness in the front side of the hip, and killer hip mobility. Specifically, I talk a lot about um, hip decoupling, that the right and left side work in independently together, and the, the SI joint definitely needs to glide. So the, the uh, thoracic spine also needs to be mobile. So as a strength coach, I got to tell you that all that mobility is really, really important. But when it comes right down to it, that mobility will not stay if you are not strong, period. So we can move you and we can do all the stretching and mobility Monday and all of the things that are available. But if you don't follow that up with good strength training, it will, you'll chase it forever. So if, if standing tall and doing well and chasing podiums matter to you, which I think it should, even if you're not really ever going to be on a podium, um, it's your personal podium, right? It's your podium. So that's what I got. Can you speak a bit to the Q angle question? The Q angle is, is really, so the and Q, talk about the Q is. angle is that we, we as females have wider hips and that supposedly our knees dive in. And we've actually done a big disservice to many women by putting shims in their shoes to try and get them out of this Q angle. Well, I trained a few really high functioning uh, endurance athletes in winter sports. And to be honest, guys, this is not, this is not a, a weak position. To be honest, it's a strong position. So the Q angle is supposedly putting you at risk for uh, ACL injuries and stuff like that. But if we are training young female athletes who are developing, and we're talking about ACL preventative care and Q angle, what we need more than anything is single leg exercises and overall body strength and great position of the pelvis. So they've done a lot of studies. We've done a lot of things that, uh, that those of us are a little bit older, like they taped my ankles when I played basketball at CU. And, and that was one of the biggest risk factors for my knees becoming vulnerable. The knees should be a stable joint. They can totally rotate and it can accept a lot of load. But as soon as you shut down the, the ankles below it, it's, we're going to ask for more problems here. So a lot of non-contact injuries and ACLs probably could have been prevented by letting the ankle move better. And so, and the hips move better. Like, it's just, it's just we have learned so much about about female physiology and young female athletes and older female athletes and uh, strength training is a freaking blast. I love it and I think it's pretty fun and I think the people that I get the opportunity to train enjoy it too. So that's how we keep it going. I'm going to come back to you on that. But thank you. That was excellent. Linda, let's talk a little bit about the space between your ears. All right. <laughs> Not maybe yours specifically. <laughs> but um, I said I don't want to talk about mine at the moment, but <laughs> firstly, congratulations to everyone that's attended today and got themselves here. I think that's an amazing effort. Give yourself a big round of applause. I, this, I want to read your mission statement <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you can speak to it. Okay. Um, 
So, so you say in your mission statement that Rowan Performance Coaching offers individualized programs specifically designed for women over 30. Linda wants each woman to come away with a love of the sport and a deeper love and appreciation of themselves and their abilities. What made you make that your mission? That's pretty deep, isn't it? It sure is. <laughs> um, I think there's so many coaches out there and there's so many athletes out there that think about swim, bike, run and strength. And I really think the magic is more that's happening between our ears and why we do it, our goals, why we do it, and what brings us to the sport. And whether that's the community, whether that's the joy of really putting yourself on the line of that day, whether it's making you feel fantastic, whether it's having cool kits, really just understanding what is your driver, what is your goal, what brings you to that sport day in, day out. We can look at gaining an extra five minutes on that swim, that bike, that run, but really what brings you that joy and that's something within my coaching that I keep coming back to as females often we're the homemaker we've often had children we're taking care of so many other things around and when we get to an age over 40 generally there's a lot happening within our bodies and often we want to take ourselves back to where we've come from or what else we can do Forget going back to where you've come from. I'm sure you're an amazing athlete being here today or even just getting up and exercising some days. There's a, a great podcast that Celine has and about life quakes. And I think so many people between the ages of females between 40 and 60 are having those life quakes and understanding what is important to them. So for me, I just love helping people, whether it's coaching, whether it's congratulating you on the day, we're supporting you on the day. I just love to see the best out of people and how you can do that is really think about your why. You know, you hear that women have more trouble with like self-confidence. Do you find that to be true? And if so, what do you do about it? Yes. Simple answer, yes. I worked in the corporate world for about 20 years and there's so many times a female would say, I'm not going to go for that position because they only know 80% of that role. A male, sorry guys, a male know 20% of that role and will go with it. Okay, so chicks, put yourself out there. You can do it. Fake it till you make it sometimes. Tell everyone how you're, you are the expert of whatever you're doing um, and have confidence in yourself and surround yourself around people that have confidence in you. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Megan, let's go back to you for a second. I'd like to hear a little bit more specifically because I know that, I know, <laughs> I know that there are some women who are dealing, because I've heard from them, with that PMS and they're just like, Please tell me just what I can do. Do you have just some tips to help, generally, broad, 10,000-foot view? Yeah. So, well, the first thing I want to say is thank you for saying that because um, I've been here a couple weeks, and this last week I think I've been just – it's just overwhelming, all the fantastic women here and all the women's stories. And But one thing that is really – made me so sad all week is all of these women for try stories if you read them i would say 75 percent of them and if you want i'll go back to my room and total them up to make sure that number is exactly accurate but i would say 75 percent of them are start with this i wasn't supposed to be here i got a slot this weird way i don't deserve to be here but i'm going to do my best i'm just here for completion and i love what you said about your podium and I love what you said about it. Women don't 
we get in our own way more than anything that we do. And we limit ourselves. And I have to say that the one thing that triathlon has brought me more than anything else, besides the fact that now it's my job, and I still don't believe that's my whole life, but um, is, um, is a belief in myself. You know, I was in the corporate world for 20 years, and I still walked into the office and it didn't matter what, what name was in my title, I had imposter syndrome. And I would say, oh, I'm sorry, but you know, let me, let me just get this right. You know, all those things. I don't do that on the race course anymore. And, and neither should you. Every single woman that's here is here for a very good reason. And it's because they're a total badass and they deserve to be here. So that's all I want to say. I don't care how you got your slot, you're here. We're going to race on Saturday. We're going to have fun, OK? Amen. So, uh, about PMS. So first of all, like I said, <laughs> um, about PMS, about I didn't PMS. forget that. And sorry for the rant, I'm kind of a ranter. So. Um, so once again, like I said, it's different for everybody, okay? So I, I, I will caveat that. And, and the best thing I can say is, if you don't have a coach, get a coach. If you don't have a woman female coach, maybe consider it, okay? I, I don't wanna diss men, male coaches because I've been in education classes with male coaches who are really into it and really wanna learn. But I will say there is a level of understanding and communication that I think is really more open with a female coach. And if you can find a female coach that is dedicated to those issues, maybe you wanna consider it, right? And even just because maybe you'll be more comfortable talking about it. And like I said, that communication and tracking your period and putting the notes in training peaks and just really being it. Because a lot of times, uh, PMS can be, you know, don't be afraid to take NSAIDs every once in a while, especially if they help you. Like right? ibuprofen. And like Adam. ibuprofen or acetaminophen, whichever one works for you. Some, I have some athletes who can take one or the other, but not, you know. Uh, make sure you're hydrating, please. Please, and I don't just mean water, you know, like, it, it, by the way, get a sweat test, right? I don't, I don't drip sweat, I do here, because everybody does, especially when you finish running. Um, but I don't drip sweat, but I have this like crusty feeling all over me. I'm ridiculously salty. Many of us are like, oh, I don't sweat that much, so I can't lose that much, wrong. Some of these things, some of the things like communicating with my coach, because yeah, I have a coach, because coaches have coaches and should have coaches, because I'm really not objective about my own data. And you probably aren't either. Um, maybe you need a little more sodium today. Maybe you need to make sure your hydration is really on point. Maybe you need a sandwich, okay? Like, I can't tell you that one of the biggest things that I yo-yoed with my weight, you know, I'm, I went to the, a doctor and said, you know, I'm an endurance athlete. I've put on this weight in, you know, like my in my 40s, and I can't get rid of it. And I don't really care that much about my weight, but I notice that it, like, it, I'm getting injuries. I'm, you know, I'm not strong enough. I'm working on these things, but I would like to lean out. I would like to talk about body composition. And the damn doctor just said, calories in, calories out. Work out more. Oh, eat boy. less. And you know what? Five years later, figured out how wrong that doctor was because the more I ate, the more I leaned out. Could you say that again? The more I ate, the more I leaned out. Same, same. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think I've counted a calorie in 10 years now. Women are, we, we have babies if we want them, but we have the physiology and the biology and all that to have babies. So if we start like acting like we're in famine and we don't give ourselves food and carbs, our body's like, 
A, it will eventually shut down, but it will hold on to everything it has because, it, you know, it wants to be able to, like, perpetuate the species. So it really, like, please feed yourselves. Being underfueled, going into low energy availability, women are so much more susceptible to that when they, when they don't eat carbs. And for some reason... We, we got in our heads now that it is okay to eat fat, but like carbs are the new fat, and we, it will not die, and it, ne it really needs to. All the carbs, all it, the time. For your bone health, and, and for your muscle health, and for your body count, all of the things, please do not be afraid to feed yourself. And for the love of all that is holy on this planet, it does not matter, like if, even if you are usually fearful of what you eat, don't worry about it this week. You need the fuel this week, right? Like feed yourselves. It's so important. Yeah. So that all I'll say <laughs> did I get uh, was that clear? Thank you. Oh, good. There's another ranter. I feel I feel at home. Uh, yeah. No. All the carbs, all the time. A little bit of fat, a little bit of protein. Maybe not even as much as you think, but definitely. And I would say that I noticed that I in P during PMS what. You, if it depends on oh, your yeah. diet, like supplements. Do you take any supplements? Have you considered any supplements? Are you what are you taking in your diet? Are you getting enough in your diet? Um, and so, for example, sometimes in certain parts in, of a one of my athlete cycle, do they take magnesium all the time for sleep and or just their life? And sometimes in in the cycle, there can be days in the cycle where a little extra magnesium can help out, a little extra iron, things yeah. like that. So, Great. you know, we we track we track our diets. We track all those things so i think those are the i know they sound one i didn't say go buy this pill and take this pill but there is no magic pill because but well it would already have been invented if men had periods but uh, you know maybe someday there'll be a magic pill but there i don't think there is but we're all different just figure out you know like once again yep. track this stuff track the days, track how you feel, how you feel. Like, I think the other thing is we don't talk about how we feel, right? Like I get headaches or I get this and it's like, we blame it on all sorts of other stuff and we think that that makes us a whiner or a complainer. We don't need to like, do I, do I work out when I have a headache? Yes. Do I work out when I'm in pain? Yes. But that doesn't mean I don't want to note it so that next time I can go into a workout like that, I can do better. Excellent. Right? Thank you. Talk about, Ready. please, the importance of strength training, especially for women endurance athletes. Because for so long, I mean, I came up, maybe you came up in a time where, like, you don't do that. Well, like, don't pick up that barbell. What are you doing? Don't pick up that barbell. I was not an endurance athlete. Oh, that's right. Growing up. <laughs> So as a basketball player and I was skinny and I had the crap beat out of me and the coaches said, if you want to play at the next level, you have got to get stronger. And um, that's where my whole journey began was trying to put on muscle. Um, strength for endurance for female athletes is about durability. It, it truly is about having a body that can withstand the rigors of the program. I can confidently say that the athletes that I have the privilege to work with can train harder, they recover better, they overall are healthier, and they will maybe win a world championship because <laughs> we will see. <laughs> because because of their commitment to strength training, I think I've had an, an incredible opportunity to live in a town where 
a lot of great endurance athletes have come from. Uh, so being able to test and get feedback and learn from some of the greatest athletes in the world has been uh, the best proving grounds for, for what we do as strength coaches. And then I love you talk about the hormonal piece that I don't think people think about with endurance athletes specifically. And if you could just well, talk think, to that a bit. I think it kind of has to start at the beginning. What are the, what are the issues? What are the hormonal issues? So the downside of long duration endurance training is usually for both men and women is a decrease in testosterone. And so one of the, and, and when, you, when you go into a, that state, or state of low testosterone, it creates imbalances. So we, it's hard to nail exactly what's happening because to your point, we are all different. Um, we can. We know that the T is low in both men and women. We know that heavy strength training elevates testosterone. It also elevates serotonin and dopamine to get a workout in that is different from a zone one or a zone two bike ride. So to be able, a lot of times I will have both my men and women athletes come into the gym after they've done a five and six hour bike ride in zone one, zone two to develop that aerobic capacity. They're a little bit blue. They, they will have a little bit of a down regulation of nervous system and mood. And I will promise you that I have said both to Tim O'Donnell, who's been one of my athletes for a decade, and I've also said it to Marinda Carfrey, I've said it to Taylor Nib. you will feel better when you leave this session. And I'm pretty fun, but to be honest, it's what we do and how we do it that usually nine days out of 10, they leave and their mood is better. They got a little spring in their step and they ready to go home, have a great dinner, get a good night's sleep and then come back and do it again. And I think that's the magic of having a really good gym routine. It doesn't have to be an hour. Somewhere in there, we got this in, insinuation that a gym workout had to last one hour. A lot of times I'd be like, come in for 20 minutes, no shower, you get a little bit of food, we get in the gym. My athletes have, we, we really focus on killer form. So when they come in, we've spent a lot of time with great technique. And so we don't have to spend a lot of time with warm up. We can get right to the heavy lifting and then they get out of there. So uh, I, I don't think we should ignore that low testosterone does play a big role with mood. And uh, we wanna make sure that every, a happy athlete is a much, much better athlete. Totally, totally agree. And that hour thing is something that I have like pushed back on a lot because as somebody who was like a personal trainer back in the day, we charged by the hour. So guess where that hour idea comes from? Is that you just, you had to fill that time, you know? Uh, yeah, it's just, but like there's, uh, well, which is legit. They're paying not just for the time, but for all this expertise. So that's like, that's a legitimate thing. Um, we could do a whole podcast on this, and I don't want to go there completely, but I know you have trained some women back after having babies, and I like if you could give a couple of kernels on that before we move. I think the most brilliant athlete that I've had the chance to work through her pregnancy was Rinny, and she's coming to the island in an hour. She's probably already at the airport. We're going to go pick her up. And uh, I've trained her through both of her children, and she also is an extraordinary human being, and she knows when. A good it's Aussie. time to get back to work. A damn good Aussie. It's a damn good Aussie. <laughs> but she married Captain America. Um, I got I to gotta say that 
listening to your listening to yourself is probably the best thing. Rini did not race uh, after Isabel uh, until almost two years. Izzy was two years old. She was still breastfeeding when she came here and raced on the island. She was still breastfeeding, um, but she wouldn't she wouldn't train really hard and she wouldn't. Uh, you know, definitely wouldn't race until she felt she was ready and that she had her body back and she had enough data to understand what that meant. So sometimes it's an emotional thing where you have to get back to work or you have to get back to racing or training and you feel like everybody around you is saying, oh, it's time to go. Sometimes having data in place is a really good thing. Um, there's, there's a lot of hormonal responses to having a child where you have a softness to your tissue that does, the, one of the most beautiful things about Marinda Carfrey, and, and show of hands, who loves to watch Rini run? Rini runs like that because she is an elastic energy athlete. She runs, she does not run with muscular energy, she runs with connective tissue, she runs with elastic energy. After she has a baby, she does not have elastic energy for almost two years because there's a softness to the body. So she's not, when every landing, is not giving her the energy return that it normally would. So quite frankly, watching some athletes, high, high performance athletes race quickly after children, the athlete experiences a lot of frustration and doubt because they are working as hard as they've ever worked and the earth is not giving it back to them and it's truly their body. So I, I think that um, even the other athletes that I train that are professionals and, and I say, the more we do now, the better you're going to be when you get pregnant and you want to have a family. And I, and I want to encourage, I mean, I, I'm so lucky to get to spend time with amazing families and I love children and, you know, so it's an honor to be able to do the, that kind of work for sure. Yeah, ex excellent. And, you know, there was just a recent study, it might have been this year, might have even been earlier this year, that these women runners, elite women runners, and they haven't done this much research on like elite athletes, right, around pregnancy, they came back, even the ones that were like not intending to come back better, came back better, which is great. But a lot of them who didn't temper, like you're saying, did get injured because of the, like, the, because of what you're talking about. I, I trained Kara Goucher when Colt was eight years old. And those of you that have followed a lot of Kara's story with Nike and, and the lack of support for pregnant athletes, she was, she was the sole breadwinner in her family for the most part. She, was, she went back to running before her pelvic floor was really ready. Yeah. Eight years, at, Colt's eight, he's in the gym making crap, like jumping off of boxes and Kara and I are doing pelvic floor work so that she can run a marathon. So I think that you're not, it, it can come back to you many years later, an opportunity to get better if you did not have the chance to fully um, come back, you know? Thank you for that. And Linda, I'd like to wrap, um, before I get final words from everybody, there's a lot of race day nerves, you know, um, probably starting already in the house. And, you know, you talk a lot about the mental health and the spiritual health, and it can be really, really hard, you know, when you get here and you're just like, I know that that is the thing that I wrestled with the most. And I still, like, the morning of, I am miserable to be around. I'm just miserable because I'm just... I'm drowning in a sea of misery. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why do I do this? This is so terrible. And then the gun goes off and I'm all fine. But anyway, but like talk, you know, help people through that. And it's that this is not just a woman thing for sure. Yeah, I can definitely talk through some practicalities. I remember doing um, 70.3 Worlds Nice and I never really understood because I think that race day is party day for me. I wake up and I go, woohoo, 
Today's the day, right, that we all train for, we work so hard for. And then you have other people that are really quite nervous. Exhibit A. I just want to say that Linda talked me through that day. <laughs> I think I held onto her arm until they said go. She's like six foot tall. I'm five foot. And she's hanging on to me like I'm going to help her. Um, and look, everybody's different. I think a couple of things that I would do first thing, start visualizing you finishing the race. Walk Once they put up the finish line, walk that, see that, and just picture yourself that that's what you are going to do. So when you have those doubts throughout the day, which you will, they'll be up, the, up and down and keep riding those waves, those beautiful waves out there, ride them. When you're in your up, acknowledge it, acknowledge the people around you. When all those people are screaming someone's name and they could be going, go Aaron, go Aaron, change the Aaron to your name. So every person that is out there cheering, they're cheering for you. You have done the work to be there. So from a practical point of view, I would say look at that finish line, walk through that finish line. In the mornings or even the day before, I think to myself, it's going to be really windy, it's going to be really hot, and it's going to rain. So if it's got those three things in it and you wake up in the morning and it's none of them, what a bonus. Fantastic, it's practical. So just take yourself from a practical point of view. Make sure you've got all your timing, write everything down. I write everything down from a mental... Then I don't need to think, because in the morning, I don't know what... I, I run around and talk to everybody. So don't get sidetracked. Stick to your plan. Don't worry about what the person beside you is doing. That's what they're doing. That's what their race plan is for you. Watch your race plan. Stick to it. Enjoy it. And you, as I said before, you really do deserve to be here. You spent a whole lot of cash to be here. So it's your party day and enjoy it. Amen to that. All right, we have just a minute here. I'd love each of you to leave them with just like one thought for, for, the, for the day. Oh, no. You anyone, anyone. I'll go one thought. Think of yourself in your marginal decade. If you know who Dr. Peter Atia is, you should understand what is the beginning of your marginal decade. For me, I believe that will be somewhere around 90. 90 to 100 years old will be my marginal decade. Everything that I do today will make my marginal decade better. And from my perspective, strength training especially after spending time with my mother in the home. <laughs> if you look around, you want to age with grace, you want to age tall, you want to age with a big rib cage, and you want to be so frickin' strong. So find somebody to guide you and lead you that brings joy into the strength training area. Thank you. Easy to follow, no problem. <laughs> I, I'm going to dovetail into what you said because I really loved it and thinking about race day and you thinking about your nerves and the so I am indeed racing here on Saturday and it is my first time racing the world championship at Kona it was not here for a little bit one time and um, so here's here's what I like to think about on race day I, I liked what you said about it's going to rain, it's going to be hot, it's going to be windy Every woman, I think we talk a lot about like the challenges women face doing endurance sports. I think one thing I'd like to leave you with is we freaking rock at endurance sports. There are things about us and our bodies and our mental state that if we can get out of our way, we are 
sorry guys, we are much better at endurance sports, all right? Just, it, it's in our DNA, take it and suck it. I, so I, it took me a while to find my superpower. I was trying to get better at the swim and better at the bike and better at the run and just more competitive because I'm a little bit of a competitive person. I am never gonna be the fastest at any of those things. But I found my superpower and that is suffering, <laughs> okay? So please tell me that there might be a monsoon on Saturday and I am gonna get jazzed, okay? Because the, just, the, I came out early, I ran in the heat, I, I rode up to Javi when it was a wind advisory and there was one other pro athlete up there looking at me like I was a nut job and I'm like, I know, but now I know. Find your superpower, whatever that is in this sport. And maybe it's a weird fringe one like suffering and just embrace it. So uh, whenever anybody asks how my day is gonna go on Saturday, I'm like, it's gonna be the hardest freaking day of my life and I cannot wait. Woo! So. For me, ask yourself 12 months ago, if someone said to you, you are going to be standing on the start line at Kona, a world championships, you would have taken that. I would say you'd go, yeah, I am. And you'd be really, really, really happy with it. So I think just take that away. Think of all the things you have done, not all the things that you should have done, could have done, they're done. Think of all the things that you are amazing at. Just go away and go, I've got this, I can do it. 12 months ago, I set my mind to it, and guess what? You're here, find positive people around you. Anyone that's positive, find them, and congratulations for getting here. All right, thank you all, I appreciate you, and thank you all, I appreciate you too.